Today I'm continuing my look at the theme of commitment and specifically what I call time leaks. These are things that eat away at your commitments and reduce the chance that you will honor them. As I mentioned before, I continue to find things on commitment sprinkled all over the place. Today I wanted to read from read some more from a book called Straight Line Leadership, Tools for Living with Velocity and Power in Turbulent Times by Dusan Dukic. I'm looking specifically at chapter 23, Commitment versus Trying. Many people spend hours and days trying to get things done. They are trying to accomplish various tasks, goals, etc. They're even trying to have a good, prosperous life, but they are just trying. Trying is a victim concept. Notice how you feel when someone tells you that they are trying. You might ask, will you pay my loan back by next month? And they say, I'll try. Are you now counting on getting the money? No, because I'll try is code for don't count on it. There's another opposite choice that straight line individuals learn to make. It's called a commitment. A commitment, unlike trying, does mean count on it. A commitment is a particular type of declaration. It's a declaration you use to move yourself forward, just like moving a chess piece across the board. It physically moves you. A commitment is a move that announces to the world what it is that you will accomplish. A commitment means you will alter yourself and your actions to match what is required to get the intended result that you are after. Commitment is the means by which you measure your intention and focus your will. And so action begins when you make the declaration, I am committed to what you have been committed to up to now is revealed by what you have produced or failed to produce. That's important. Let's read that again. What you have committed to up to now is revealed by what you have produced or failed to produce. Why you don't have what you say you want is almost always due to your having not yet committed yourself. Instead of choosing to commit, we attach our intention to looking good, being right, and playing it safe. A commitment is not a natural product of any special kind of mind. It does not naturally flow from any sort of personality. It is always a creation. A real commitment is a powerful declaration that functions to alter behavior. We are living in a new world now. The investment bubbles and unlimited credit lines of the past are gone. Perhaps, if we are lucky, forever. I'm not sure that came true. We are back to our own performance as the main driver of our success. In this new world, performance is what matters. If performance is the capacity to generate results, then commitment is a promise to do what's required to get those results you are after. It is the fuel that runs the engine. And if we want to play with the engine car metaphor, distractions and time leaks are sugar in the gas tank. I don't know if that's still a thing, but I remember when I was growing up, that was how you kind of sabotage someone's car. You put sugar in their gas tank. I don't even know if that's true. Anyway. So one of the things I found that gets in the way of commitment or honoring my commitments is these things I'm calling time leaks or distractions. These are those things that you 
do almost unconsciously. You do them when you have little blocks of time. You do them when you think you need a little dopamine hit or you need to feel better. And so you start scrolling or checking the news or doing some other kind of uh, almost unconscious behavior. So I've made these time leaks a conscious part of the, I guess I'm calling it a lightweight system, a commitment system, a commitment framework. It's essentially a matrix on a piece of paper that keeps me focused. And one of the columns I dedicate in particular to checking off, which is certain things that I will not do. Eventually I'll stitch these episodes together to uh, kind of form the whole, but right now I'm taking a more modular approach to different parts of commitment. What I found is that by reducing or eliminating these time leaks, I'm adding back an hour or two to each day. And on some days, I can't imagine how late I would have had to stay up to meet my commitments if I had spent so much time on these things that completely waste my time and give me very little. I find these things are like eating candy, a bunch of candy. Tastes really good, brings you way up, and then it takes you way down. And then at the end, you got a bigger waistline and less energy. So there's really no payoff. This first came to my attention earlier this year when my wife and son were gone for a couple weeks. And I thought I was going to have all this time to really focus and get things done and relax as well. And instead, what I found was that by not having the kind of natural built-in rhythms and boundaries of our normal routine, like eating meals together, the time was just... I remember one night start. I remember one night just getting on LinkedIn around 5 to just, quote, see what was going on. (laughs) And two hours later, I realized that I was still scrolling around. I hadn't even eaten dinner, and it was just scrolling and scrolling, consuming and consuming. I didn't contribute anything. I learned very little, except what some people, a lot of people were up to. And then uh, also, you know, put some fuel in the jealousy car. And judgment. So what was the point of that? It was during this time too that I realized without adding some structure to my day, I was pretty much at the whims of my mind or (laughs) whatever's driving it. So I found during this time that I had to put some, some boundaries around my time and I also had to get really clear on what things I was committed to getting done in a particular day, whether it was exercise, leaving the house to go somewhere else, or whatever the case might be. Also somewhere in here, the battery in my old iPhone started swelling and basically I was out without a phone for a week and I could not believe how much how quickly I didn't miss it and how much during a given day I was picking it up and checking it. So consider for you where you go when you're bored, 
where do you go when you got, you know, 10 or 15 minutes before that next meeting? And so it's not long enough to really get anything substantial done and not so short that you're going to get on to the next thing. So you have time. Is it checking your phone for messages? Is it checking your email? Is it going to social media and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to see what everyone else is up to? Is it next door? Is it, I guess next door is social media. Although next door seemed like started out with a lot of promise and now um, I've disabled every single notification and email from that thing. And I can't say I miss it one bit. I was on a walk the other day around the neighborhood, realized, oh my gosh, I haven't, I have no idea what's going on in my neighborhood. And uh, it's not such a bad thing considering all the negative stuff that I don't check up, check in on anymore. Uh, is it newsletters? Is it app notifications? The stock market? Reddit? YouTube? Yeah, where, again, where is it? I discovered this with a client recently. There was this, yeah, it was this notion of 15, 20 minutes between a meeting. Where do you end up? What I saw also in my own life as I looked at this is, is, yeah, 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And before you know it, you've added up a couple hours across a day. Something to consider the next time you find yourself doing one of these activities is to check in and see... How do you feel afterwards? So for me, it would be, oh, I've got 10 or 15 minutes before the next meeting. Uh, I'll check the news, see if anything's happened. And how do I feel afterwards? Not very good. <laughs> Less hopeful than I was before. What's it really doing for me? Mm, not very much. And now I'm taking that I think I think some of this is on a very subconscious but real level. I think I'm taking that negative energy to my next call, my next interaction. And I don't think that's a useful thing whatsoever. So why am I spending all my time doing this? I don't know how this fits in, but it's something I also come across with clients, uh, particularly in corporate. Slack, disable that silly green dot. I haven't used slack consistently for a couple of years with the last major engagement that I did where it was present. The first thing I did was disable that presence indicator. I've never seen that thing help in any way. We weren't saving lives. It wasn't like special operations, life or death. I just found it caused stress. <laughs> so <laughs> my attitude was, I'm always going to get back to you. So when I reply, I'll reply. And you don't need to know if I'm sitting in front of my computer or not. It does absolutely nothing. The other thing is turn off all the sounds with Slack. All those ding, ding, dings or whatever they are. I'm sure there's some special name for that sound. I don't know what it is. But your automatic reply doesn't matter. And test this out for a week. This, I've, this has been one of my favorite challenges to clients. Turn it off for an hour. See what happens. There are some people that I meet with... And I can tell, even though I'm pretending not to, they're, they're flipping screens or changing tabs to flip over to see if anything's come in that they have to respond to. The number of times that that's probably true are close to zero. So if you're taking a new look at your commitments in a given week, or maybe the broader commitments in your life, 
consider what you might want to say no to in a specific week, in a specific way, and try it out for the next week. I've experimented with a few different things. One week I had that I would only check my email at 9, noon, and 5. That worked really great. Except at the end of the week, I had this huge pile of email that wasn't dealt with because I was effectively checking it. And then once I had checked it, I had to close it and go back and do other things. Now, it did improve my focus on other things because I wasn't constantly checking my email to see if there was anything new and then, you know, browsing through everything that was already there. I'll never forget Mike Vardy suggesting or, or, or raising the observation that in our physical mailbox, we never leave all of our mail there. Like you don't leave your mail in the mailbox outside and then go through it and sort through it and only bring in the bills and the things that you plan to do something with and leave everything else there. <laughs> so why do we do that with our virtual mailbox? I don't know. So one week I was playing with email. Another week I played with no no Facebook, no LinkedIn. You can check the news at 5 p.m. A lot of times at 5 p.m. I didn't even remember to check the news. But if it was any time before 5 not going to do it. And then in more recent weeks, I've just had a complete no news, no Facebook, no LinkedIn. And I do that Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday, it's like the old Tim Ferriss cheat day. I can be there as much as I want. Some weekends I do, or some Sundays I do, and other Sundays, not so much. So take some time to consider where your biggest time leaks are and which ones you'd be willing to say no to on a daily basis for a week to see what happens and make them small, make them doable. I look at these little things that are on my little matrix as commitments to myself that are equally important to the larger commitments in my life. I had another commitment to be offline by 9 p.m., which was just a way of putting a boundary on the end of my day and just forcing me to get off my computer. Some other things to try here. Unsubscribe from all those newsletters. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many of those I used to get, and I'm still unsubscribing. If there's a newsletter that you get every week and you read it once every four or five times, just unsubscribe. When it's time to resubscribe, you will. It's just one more thing to decide on, one more thing to delete, one more thing to judge. My experience is when it's time to resubscribe again, then I do. And then eventually it seems like I always end up unsubscribing. The other favorite setting on my phone is do not disturb mode or setting more subtle sound alerts, finding that's working well. And then like really the real power move is just airplane mode or <laughs> just turn your phone off. Try, try for an hour and see what happens. You'll be amazed what you might get done. Here's some other things to consider too in terms of where you might possibly lose, be losing time or wasting time, leaking time. Where do you go when you're bored? Where do you go to soothe yourself or feel better? Or what do you do? Where do you find yourself without knowing how you got there? Where does autopilot normally take you? 
what's the biggest mindless activity that you do that takes up the most time in a day? Last week, I saw several moments where I would have normally gone to open the news. And since I couldn't, and I was committed to not doing it, I chose something else. I remember a few times I stood up and stretched. I tidied up my office. Uh, it tends to start the week clean and end up in a disaster. So I guess what I'm, the other thing I'm trying to say here is when you're consciously saying no to certain things, you may find that you feel lost, that you're not quite sure what to do. Don't see that as a bad thing. See that as a, oh, I'm getting a break here. My mind is resting. Uh, yeah, so I would, I stood up and stretched. I went and got a glass of water. I did something else. I'm convinced that over the course of this last week, I saved five to seven hours across the week. It clearly, and those extra hours definitely allowed me to meet my commitments. And even in meeting those, I was running somewhat close to the wire of my nine o'clock deadline. So I can't imagine where I would have been if I had had those normal time leaks, leaking time. So yeah, it's a, it's a box of my daily matrix, which is, no, I did not scroll the news, Facebook or LinkedIn today. Another thing I did on certain days too, there's a particular community that I'm a part, online community that I'm part of that there's all kinds of drama going on. And I knew that going there would only spin me up, make me angry, make me feel helpless in light of some decisions that are being made that I just completely don't agree with and that I haven't found a way to speak into yet. But I knew that just going there and just reading to quote, see what was going on would just be a complete waste of time and spin me up. So I wrote that on my, I just penciled that into my matrix as well. I won't be doing this today. And I didn't. So consider what might be possible if you were to commit to not doing certain things this week or only at certain times. Experiment. It won't kill you. I guarantee you will learn something. And it's only for a week. So you could get to the end of the week and say, you know what? That didn't do anything for me. Or I committed to too many things. Or that commitment to not look at the news <laughs> didn't really help me. didn't really do anything. But wow, that commitment to not look at email, that moved the needle. That was uncomfortable. I think I'll do that one again. Or I'm going to change the way that I do it. I look at all this as an experiment. All of this is just, this is what's working now. So you might talk to me in a year and say, John, are you still doing those matrixes and that special column of those things that you're not doing? I might say yes. I might say, nope, don't do that anymore. So don't make any of this a big deal because it's not. I thought this was a good way to close out this topic today. It's um, from the rest of the chapter. It's towards the end of the chapter, commitment versus trying from straight line leadership. And it ties into this idea of what we're committed to and not committed to. Because when we aren't clear about what we are committed to, we tend to get over-involved. And this is what produces what we call the mess of not having enough time. Remember, involvement and commitment are not the same thing. There may be many things you are involved with, but are not committed to, like checking the news, reading Facebook, LinkedIn, all that other noise. Keep the difference clear. 
because a lack of clearly defined commitments opens the door to saying yes way too much and no, not nearly enough. So what I'm playing with here is consciously saying no more. Once you've made your commitments and made them as strong declarations, stay clear on what they are. A human can carry from five to seven authentic commitments at any given time. And your success in keeping them relies on your patience of keeping them straight and not confusing your true commitments with things you are merely involved with. When I'm unclear about my commitments, I procrastinate. When I'm clear about my commitment, I act. When I'm unclear about my commitment, I talk about my job. When I am clear about my commitment, I do my job. When I am unclear about my commitment, I maintain my image. When I am clear about my commitment, I maintain my integrity. When I am unclear about my commitment, I play it safe. When I am clear about my commitment, I empower others. When I am unclear about my commitment, I am dull and confused. When I am clear about my commitment, I am intentional and direct.